0: Welcome back to the New Age Music Promo Podcast. I am Ryan. I am (laughs) Jim. My name is Jeff. Today we're going to talk about one of the most common questions that we get. Uh, What is New Age and how is it different than CD Baby, TuneCore, DistroKid, really any of those independent ones because obviously you can distribute your music through anything, but the point of the matter is is what are you getting when you're distributing what are you getting when you're paying and signing up for that distribution so jim what in it in the simplest form before we get into extreme detail what is the main difference
1: nothing i'm kidding (laughs) um maybe instead of attacking it from the angle of what the main difference is i want to point out a few things okay because when covid hit everybody decided to become a podcaster when uh, that ran its course, Ooh, you see my ass get blurred out there. Um, now everybody's getting into the distribution game. Everybody is getting into the distribution game. <clears throat> so questions you need to ask yourself is when it comes to distribution, what is most important to you? And if we fall into the list of any of the things that are most important to you, then that's why we're different. Like we could, we could create um, those comparison charts that show the cost per month, annual cost, amount of uploads, everybody and their brother assigns free ISRC codes. It has nothing to do with us. that has to do with the big boys, Fuga and the other large distributors. They, they give all that shit out for free. So that, that's not, that's not any reason to choose us over them. But to me, one of the most important factors of this whole endeavor that we are down the path on is, A, how much money you can get from distribution. B, what other tools and tips can you get from the distribution? And then C would be obviously account representative, having the ability to talk to someone. And D, this shit that we're doing right now, I think that one of the biggest problems with music, with the music industry is just the uneducation of how things work. And I can tell you right now that everything that I've learned in this business outside of having, you know, a mentor the last three or four years was all trial and error. And I'm not too, I'm not like too proud to say that I distributed through TuneCore, I distributed through CD baby. Um, I've put a few people into distro kids and there's things that I've learned along the way that, um, will keep me from ever doing those things again. Um, first and foremost, money, right? Um, there are different royalty rate payouts from Spotify, Apple, pre-negotiated rates. Um, usually the large, the larger companies like Sony, UMG, the big boys, they have the highest payout rates. Um, so for instance, a 70% uh, royalty, 70, 30% cut excuse me in the artist's favor if they're with sony uh it's still more money than 100 percent of distro kid and that just has to do with the royalty rates that the big boys get that distro kid doesn't get
0: and there's like a trickle down too because they get a certain percentage is that what you were explaining to me the other day pretty much right so like you're getting a percentage of a percentage versus mm. the whole thing
1: yeah but even that number is still higher than distro kid like, just that's the thing is like people think that there's a hundred percent is a hundred percent. That's not true. A hundred percent is always a hundred percent of something else, right? So, if Sony collects, Sony is probably getting 95 percent, and Fuga is probably taking five percent. So, Sony's a hundred percent is really 95 percent. Um, so Sony's hundred percent is really 95 percent. And then their 95% that is going to the next middleman, which could be the orchard. So there's a break, there's another cut coming off of there. And then that 100% is really maybe 85% of the original 95. And then by the time it gets to the next party, it's still, it's like, basically think of it like cocaine. It just keeps getting stepped on every single time it goes to a different distributor.
0: I'm being serious. (laughs) It just gets watered down at the further that it goes.
1: starts off as pure cocaine, and by the time you get it it's basically baby powder fair enough so but i'm not i don't say that to scare anybody away that's just the nature of the business and i guarantee you that that's why the the, the key terms on a lot of contracts say like net revenue because they don't have to define to you what the net revenue is
0: right and also, just just DistroKid, CD Baby are also an aggregator, so they go through someone too, so they get a smaller percentage. So, like, that's not just uh, a Sony Orchard thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was the point. That was the point. Yeah. That even even on some of these like step down, trickle down cuts, if you're if you have a, the opportunity to be distributed through a major, um, even there, the royalty rates are higher, so those things are kind of less relevant they still suck i mean it just is what it is but the their percentage is still going to be a higher payout than uh, what you perceive to be your 100 percent from tune core cd baby DistroKid. kid uh, fuck man i don't even know there's like a thousand right diy
0: platforms now okay so what i'm gonna do is i have like a list of questions that i get asked all the fucking time i'm gonna go through some of those questions and have you respond how like what the what the answer is and how we can explain that to artists because like you said there's a big lack of education people hear rumors they hear twisted things there's horror stories of artists being taken advantage of all the time so i think transparency especially when it comes to distribution is important um so one of the big things they get is like how what distribution company or how through my distributor am i going to get put on more playlists you're not Right and like and why is that?
1: Uh, because there's multiple reasons. One, there's too many artists releasing music for it to really be worthwhile for the editorial playlisters to to care about the independent artists. Um, two would be, and this is this is a guess, the a, a vast percentage of, um the available slots on these playlists are probably already pre-purchased by the majors. That's the thing tier too. Just a quick side note is you have like, when it comes to the playlisting, you have to figure out who had, who holds, who holds the cards, right? Is it the label or is it the end result? I, I, I couldn't tell you, but I will tell you if you were to go, actually, I was talking to Demerick and Jaron last night and we were going through this, like this rap playlist and we we're they were reading off the names on it. And I was like, major, 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 independent, major, 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 like it's just the idea that an independent artist is going to get on a playlist, just give up on that idea. There there's a chance, there's a chance that you could submit and, and somebody in their, their department that doesn't focus on algorithms and all that bullshit could like your shit and put it on there. there. There is a chance, but that is like one in a million chance that's gonna happen. That's like waiting on a scratch off. It, it really is like people just, and this goes back to that, what we talked about a long time ago about who the fuck actually listens to playlists, but either way.
0: Well, yeah. And like on that, like what I tell artists when they present me with that question is you, you should probably stop aiming if, if for playlists anyways. Um, people listen to playlists casually. They don't listen to them to discover the artist. So you're gonna get casual listens and maybe a few saves, but they're not gonna dive into you as an artist. So after that 28 days that you're on the playlist, you're just gonna drop off, and it's gonna look like you were botted in that time that you were on there. Anyways, to a <laughs> casual consumer, if somebody's actually vetting and looking at your at your uh, at your stats from Spotify, you're gonna see a major spike and then a major dip, and nobody's gonna actually invest in it. Whereas if you're putting out content and building a fan base around it and getting a shit ton of plays a shit ton of saves through that through algorithmic playlist your likelihood of landing on that playlist is actually higher that way than submitting it through just randomly
1: i agree with that i will say though that it's unfortunate that the the playlisting is kind of like a necessary animal you have to like play the game right and it it sucks it really yes. does suck um And it's not really just playing the game because you you want to land on it and it makes your stats look better and you you generate some more money. But I was again, I was having this conversation with with Jaron and Demerick yesterday. Um, like when we're going to the distribution to release their new album, like the distribution wants to know what we bring to the table. What are you guys gonna do? And and nine times out of ten, everyone's like, Well, social media posting and social media advertising. Like, no, let's let's really come up with a plan. Of what we're going to bring to the table, these are our four singles. These are the two videos we want to do. We're going to turn over control of this to you so that you feel like you have some more leverage in the situation. We want to spend this amount of money on social media advertising. We're going to enlist PR for three months. We're going to playlist every single third party playlist every single single, which is all money that has to be spent, right? And you know the constant question is well what's the, what's the benefit of the PR? Well, to be truthful, fucking nothing. Yeah. Is is PR going to do anything for you? No, but it's a fucking necessary evil in this industry to where the more relevant you look, the more engagement organically you get. So for instance, 10 years ago, if you wanted to submit to hip hop DX, you could just send them an email. If you had a relationship, they'd post it. Now, all of those places, their they're ad dollars that they generate off their website And the following they have on IG or TikTok, that's really all they give a shit about. So unless you, the artist, are moving the needle organically, they're probably not going to post you. Right. So it's a pay-to-play type game. It's Everything in this industry is pay-to-play. Everything. So if I pay my PR guy $1,500 a month, he's going to guarantee me 10 to 15 listings on HipHopDX, AllHipHop.com, The Source. Those are all really good looks. Because what ends up happening is, yeah, maybe a hundred people read that article. Maybe they don't. But what's really going to happen is you're going to get that and you're going to post it on your IG story and you're going to tag their IG page. And if you get a main post page from Hip Hop DX on IG, that's more valuable than getting on HipHopDX.com. I don't give a shit about their website. I want to be posted right. on their
0: socials. Right. People don't really visit it like that anymore.
1: So it's a necessary evil. The third-party playlisting is necessary, and again, this is just don't don't rely on your distributor to do these things for you. Yes, they have playlisting portals that you can submit through on all three of the the major DIY platforms, but you know you have to be you have to prove something. It's the same thing I'm saying right now. If you go to your distributor, that's not a DIY platform, they want to see that you've got momentum of your own, so it's going to be beneficial for them. So, next question.
0: <laughs> um, one of the really common ones is that is with the music promotion tab that we have um and all the way up to the pr and the ads um they want to know often one on the on the facebook ads like how do you discover your like targeting and what why does it break down to ads like how how does the ad spend break down because to people who have never ran an ad before they have no knowledge on what an ad spend even is right So that's one of the common ones. And it's a two part question. And the other one is like segue into the PR, like with the PR campaigns on our promo page, what kind of connects does new age have to do those PR campaigns?
1: Um, so the advertising can do, you can do everything and this can be Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You could do everything from a very basic amateur, spend some money, get some likes. Cool. Um, And honestly, if you don't have a fan base, I would suggest doing that. You don't need to hire an advertising person to do your shit. Um, But if you really want to do an in-depth breakdown and do detailed targeting and you want to do things, uh, detailed targeting when it comes to different levels of interest, location targeting, um, different content pieces, um, you know, working with an, an advertising specialist that has access to a lot of data, maybe in your genre. Mm, just took my mouth a little bit. <laughs> mm. Sorry, that's gross. Um, then I would recommend hiring someone to do that. Now, the part about creating audiences off of your traffic really only matters if your page is getting traffic. So if you're an amateur that spends $500 a month boosting posts, after three, three months, I would recommend figuring out yourself how to do your own audiences based upon the paid traffic that you paid for um, to see if you can get some conversion to get them to either like the page or come back and see additional posts. Um, and they also let you recycle that data for up to a year. So you can continually flip that data and get more eyeballs on your stuff. Now, The problem with that is, and I think we talked about this a long time ago, is that when it comes to people who don't spend a lot of money, they seem to be the people that ask the most fucking questions. And it's really annoying. They have like little faith in the process. And the people who spend the most money seem to ask the least amount of questions. So um, if people, if things don't pass the eye test, then they think that their money is going to waste. And I would absolutely disagree with that because the data that you're collecting, you never know how useful that's going to be to you at somewhere down the line. Um, what was the segue into? What was that part?
0: Uh, with the PR, because they see the PR, they're like, and obviously like you said, people who spend more money don't typically ask a whole lot of questions, but they want to know what connects that we have with the PR for that to be the, the pricing point.
1: Well, that's the pricing point that the my PR guy gave me. So that's okay. the price point based upon uh, a lot of variable, variables because he still has to grease hands to get things written. Um there is a quality control portion of it that you know you can't just pay for it and this is what you get. Like you have to submit your information, he has to review it, he has to like look at your socials, listen to music, see if there's anything that's even gonna get any bites on it anyways. Cause if it's not if it's not up to par with what the sites would post, then you know he's not gonna take the job. Right. But that's basically I don't even remember what the pricing is, but he he told me before there's there's hands he has to grease of people he has to pay to get things up on on the sites. So Makes That's sense. the price point based upon what his time right. is worth and how much it costs for him to get it on the site. Fair.
0: Um, this is one of my favorite questions, and not when I say favorite, I say that sarcastically because I can't fucking stand the question because it is all right there, but break it down. What why would why would I pay $79 for new age when I can pay twenty dollars on DistroKid?
1: Well, I think it's uh everything that we already talked about. You get more you get you get more revenue from us than you do from what DistroKid? Is that the one you referenced? Yes. Yeah. See so earn or earn or earn more money with us. Two, you have someone to talk to. I personally is even though I kind of find it humorous, I hate it when they make you checkbox something on DistroKid and then they have underneath it some smart ass comment that says, You won't contact us in 30 days because you didn't read this like fuck you.
0: Yeah. That's Fuck like, you. What if I do
1: talented. want to contact you? What if I have a legit question? Now you're making me feel like an asshole. Exactly. Um, and then the additional part of it is just the whole admin MP side of it. Um, just sending over registration uh, to them. They're out there scouring the planet through all the different ways to collect revenue. So people always say like, well, I'm already registered with BMI and ASCAP. Well, that's great. But that's only one part of it. Like that's like 33% of your potential revenue that you have out there. Right. So those are really the big, the big three. It it You you generate more money. You have someone to talk to and admin MP is, um, is a part of our, part of our ecosystem, which we can cut this part out. But how many, we have quite a few registrations when you get over to admin MP.
0: Yes, we do. Um, do we I'll have
1: the people, we have people's information,
0: Yeah. Uh... I have, I'll, I'll have to reach out to the new releases, but I, the ones that we reached out to for previous releases, they never got back. I can follow up with them and try to get there. As Cap and BMIs, yeah, um, let's do that. I will. Um, but that actually brings me to another question because I don't know the answer to this, so I'm going to learn something here too. Uh, what is the difference between admin MP and Song Trust? Nothing. Is it the same thing? Just different names, different. No, services? here's
1: here's here's the difference. Admin MP is like us. They are a, a customer-first organization. They have a human you can talk to. They okay. have a human that actually enters the metadata for you. Song Trust is just a website, it's a DIY platform that you sign up for, and in your banking information, do a couple click clacks, pull up your Spotify account, boom, done. So it's DIY. Cool. And I will tell you, I will tell you that when I first got in into this whole ad this whole realm of the admin MP Song Trust. It took me a while actually to get in touch with somebody from SongTrust. Once I did, the conversation went smooth, but it took like two weeks for get a response. Like right, I'm yeah. an MP, I have, I have a rep. I could text him right now, and he would answer me within a minute.
0: Fair enough. Um, and this is actually a really common question, but it's an interesting one. Um, a lot of people want to know, if your music is distributed, does that classify as your music being copyrighted? Or do you have to do a separate copyright for your release?
1: You should always do a copyright for your music.
0: Right. And to those who don't know how to do that, how do you go about that?
1: I think it's copyright.gov. I think.
0: .gov. That's official.
1: I think it's copyright. Yeah. It's copyright.gov U S copyright office. It's very confusing, very fucking confusing um to copyright something and not to be confused copyright and trademark are two different things now there's there's a lot of like loopholes through this um but copyright at the end of the day is what will ultimately stand up the test of time it'll stand up in court because you have to like there's something called like first use but um first use is dangerous slippery slope to go down because
0: it's very hard I, to prove. I,
1: it's and I, i'm just i'm talking out loud here i really don't have any experience in this but i'm just going to throw a random scenario out there and why this could be a problem you and i let's say 5 years ago you come up with a concept or something you've got time stamped audio files of a melody something and you never released it and four years later, I released something that's very similar to yours. Sure, I may have first use, but you actually are the one that created it. And now if you were to come after me, I would have to prove that I had no idea that someone else created this. I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I would assume it's, it's a difficult situation. There is something right. called the po- poor man's copyright, which is basically where you can take some sort of, uh, I don't know, like USB drive, or you take a CD and just fucking mail it to yourself. That's what I did with my first album before I knew how to do copyright. Um, just so there was a timestamp of, of yeah. when, like never opened the package because right there it's a timestamp, but when the US post office sent that bitch out.
0: So does that work with email too?
1: I mean, I would assume so. You'd have to go through a lot of work to uh, forge an email there's only one person i know in this world that knows how to forge documents and he's a piece of shit
0: (laughs) god all right and then i got one final question on this before we before we wrap the episode um why is new age exclusive like why is it an invite only platform
1: um two reasons um one just because we don't have the the software capability to have just like a white label DIY platform to upload your shit and secondly i feel like that goes against what we're we're trying to pit we're trying to pitch we're trying to get people to understand like this this, this business doesn't have this business doesn't have to be hey you're on a major and we run your life and it doesn't have to be do it yourself you don't know shit there's, there's room here in the middle for someone to, to exist. And I, I, I would assume there's others out there that are similar, but you know, I feel like there's a void and we can help fill it. And I, like I said, and I'm big on this, the uneducation of music, bro. I'm literally, I'm telling you, I talk to people who have been in this game for 15 years that don't know shit.
0: Yeah. Don't know anything right and the education is important because if you don't know you could be missing out on money you could be have people taking advantage of you you could be missing out on potential opportunities like if you're not informed and you don't know like you said shit and then so on that exclusivity factor what like what are the qualifications what qualifies an artist for new age
1: I don't know. You're the A&R. You tell me.
0: (laughs) Attention to detail. We
1: we don't, we just, we don't have the resources to, to take on more. Right. Like we are who we are because we have the, we have the abilities that we have. Like we're not, of course I'd love to aggressively expand, but that would mean that we would have to have an influx of um, more artists interested more artists that fit fit the criteria. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm the type of person to where I don't like to repeat myself. Yes, and I dislike stupid people. So I can tell you right now, if you're the type of person that you're gonna, you're gonna submit, and then you're gonna ask every question that we have outlined on our website, you don't m- meet the criteria. Yep. I don't. I don't. I don't want to work with you because you're a fucking idiot. And that's <laughs> that. That's that's not that's not to say like I have any. I I don't want to teach you. But I can't teach you how to read, right? I just exactly. don't have time in my day for that shit.
0: Exactly, and like when I'm when I'm doing the vetting process, uh, music is all subjective. So I think there is a potential audience for a lot of things. But the sound quality, like if 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 it's professionally mixed and mastered, you'll probably make the cut. If it sounds like like you took time to make it sound proper, then it'll probably make the cut. If it sounds like you recorded it on an iPhone in your car going 100 miles an hour, it's probably not going to come through. So it just, if, like I said, there's a, there is an audience for everything these days. It just has to be mixed and mastered well. So I think that's where I usually start that process.
1: No, I think that's a good way to explain it. Like everything in this, everything is subjective. We're not here to judge based upon what our personal preference is, but that's a good way to explain it is, is that if it's, if the effort is there and it's mixed and mastered and you guys can follow instruction we'll give you the instruction as well. Like I've seen the emails. We give instruction on what we need you to do, but if we have to continually repeat ourselves and, and explain things that are written in black and white, then, sorry, I guess i on my the tongue. Then it's just, that's less time that we have to focus on something else.
0: Right. And uh like, I've been seeing the stats. So I've been seeing that a lot of you guys are tuning into the podcast. So if you do have questions that you would like answered more in depth for us to talk about, uh, you can send those questions to support at nadistro.com or just reach out and message us on Instagram or TikTok or wherever we're at. So that way, and we'll be happy to answer any, any artist questions that you guys want to send in. Um, Yeah. And what
1: did we hit? What did we hit last week? A million? We hit a million streams in a year.
0: Yeah, the new age artists just collectively passed a million streams in the first year, so it's a pretty exciting stat. You guys are killing congrats, it.
1: Congrats to you, fuckers! I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, congrats to y'all. But yeah, send us questions. Uh, we're gonna go back to a little bit more educational next week. But we wanted to make sure that we were separating and letting you guys know what the differences really are.
1: Yeah, we'll do this on Monday next week because I'm, I'll be in Minneapolis.
0: Sounds good. All right. Um, Also,
1: just see, I mean, we can cut this out. This is the end of the episode. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye bye.